0: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday,
2: I will call upon you
0: to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
2: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
3: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
2: networks make it possible to share data from lots of places like a bird sanctuary good eye there is a typo thanks but to make them powerful enough to deliver new opportunities at the edge you need cdw and aruba cdw experts can help design and implement an aruba edge services platform which unifies secures and automates network environments everywhere so you can translate data into innovation sorry do you mind this is confidential aruba makes visibility at the edge possible cdw makes it powerful learn more at cdw.com aruba
4: Celtic state of mind Sorry that we are late I'm Paul John Dykes as you know And our Thursday co-host JP Mason is with us But we have a few wee technical issues So what we'll do is we'll run through all the comments And I'm sure a few of you are saying what's happening With the time very late starting today Paddy, yes, you're absolutely right We have a few gremlins unfortunately My good man Um, We will obviously be focusing On Celtic versus Rangers And uh Interestingly enough, last night, Liverpool done us a wee favour as well in terms of Champions League and group stage, automatic group stage qualification. We'll be talking about that and it adds yeah, even more uh, importance onto the fixture this weekend. Uh, we'll also be talking about everything else in the world of Celtic. There's a couple of big uh, calls, I think. Uh, there's always big calls against strangers, of course, but there's a big... A couple of big calls, I think, in the team selection this weekend for Ange. I do trust, obviously, that he will make the right decisions, but we will be talking about things such as uh, how we line up in the midfield. I think that the um, defence and goalkeeper picks itself. But how do we line up in the midfield? How do we line up up front? Uh, Brian, only for five minutes or so will we reset a laptop elsewhere. JP is sitting ready to go, and all of a sudden it goes all quiet. Um, let me know that you can hear me okay as well. Um, no, no one's on strike. No one's on strike. It's all good. It's all good in the Axelm Hood. We are just suffering a few issues with the old tech. So what we'll do is we'll just talk to you guys and girls. In the meantime, uh, gives us a good chance to run through your thoughts on the game this weekend as well what else are we going to be talking about in the world of Celtic yes nominations for the PFA uh, player of the year young player of the year manager of the year uh, women's player of of the year also Uh, we'll be talking about Europe um, because you know our ex-right back Andreas Hinkle um, has been talking about the European competition and the fact that he is getting some information from our very own John Kennedy. Of course, he was his old teammate back in the day. uh, On the subject of RB Leipzig, another RB is Tony Ralston. And uh, we'll be talking about the challenge he might be facing um, this weekend as well in relation to the uh, target man or the danger man in Rangers ranks, Ryan Kent. He seemed to run Tony a wee bit ragged. Now, let's see if all is good with JP's sound. There we go. Yeah, there he is. Right. JP, right. JP, right. we were all calling for you for the last five minutes. Sorry, <laughs> everybody, for being late. It doesn't always work as planned. But uh, JP has done the old technical reset procedure where you just pull the plug out and start again. Control That's my technical up, ability in a nutshell. Control up delete.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. as, as, as the as the systems team and a uh, uh, former workplace you used to always do it with me, You'd be like, have you tried just control up delete in it? And uh seems to have worked so yeah. yeah
4: technical help desk at every company in Europe gives you the same <laughs> advice um, I was just chewing the fat there and, and wrapping away uh, with everybody in the comment section hopefully we'll get as many of you involved in the chat it's a massive one Brian thank you for letting us know that you can hear me perfectly loud and clear absolutely the late late show <laughs> Studs Lanigan sorry mate sorry I'll tell you what though it is timed at this end, so we will still be running for 60 minutes, maybe even a wee bit longer, maybe a wee bit of uh, injury time as well, JP. But uh, I always take note of your surroundings when you dial in. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a jersey over your right shoulder. But, I mean, is that your own brand of clothing you've got on there, JP?
1: Uh, no, this is uh, definitely, I haven't started making uh, egotistical uh
4: With your own name on (laughs) No,
1: no, no, no This is a uh, hoodie Which is uh, Merchandise for an artist Called J.P. Cooper Who is called John Paul as well And he uh, headlined and sold out uh, Tuts on Monday night And I worked his show And as soon as somebody told me That there was a a hoodie with J.P. on it I was like, well, in what world Where this exists can I not buy this And then they very kindly gave me one Gratis, so uh, yeah, this is nice my new favourite
4: hoodie. I love it. We're going to be talking, JP, all about the big one this weekend, but also your experience against Ross County. Massive three points for Celtic against Ross mm. County. You've 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 busted up and down to Dingle. Dingle? Dingle? Ingers. Dingle. I'll tell you why I was saying Dingle there. It's nothing to do with um, Emmerdale. There's an area in Manchester called Dingle, isn't there? No, it's Liverpool.
1: Yeah. Liverpool, and then there's Liverpool. Dingle Bay. There's Dingle Bay in Ireland, of which there's right. a song about, and uh, it's apparently a very beautiful part of Ireland as well. I've never been. Um, I, I couldn't actually tell you exactly where it is in Ireland, but uh, it's uh, apparently somebody will know, and I'm sure it will come in and tell us. Someone always uh,
4: knows. It can't
1: be far from. It can't be far from Dublin because I was on a tour there, God, a long time ago, and I had to leave the. The, before the end of the tour and there was a further a further couple of dates uh, in Dingle Bay, there was a date in Dingle Bay after Dublin or or actually it was after uh, a place called Carlo, which is outside mm. Dublin uh, so there you go but uh, no, up and down to Dingle in a day on the bus was an effort, I'm still kind of recovering from it to be honest uh, the last time for the Ralston header I did it and I kind of Posh fashion where I got the train and stayed <laughs> and stayed in a hotel in Inverness and, and did it a bit more uh, a, a bit more sort of uh, highbrow, shall we say. Um but the down and up in the bus, leaving at seven forty five AM having worked till one AM in touch on the Saturday night was was a bit full on. Um but it was was great I and mean, obviously when you when you get the result and the and you you're you're bouncing out of uh whatever the name of the ground is. I don't even know what it's called. Is it the Global Energy Stadium or is that St Mirren? I don't know. It Ross County Stadium. <laughs> Victoria Park, I think it was at one point. Um, so, yeah, when you're bouncing out of there, it kind of makes the trip all, all you know, worthwhile, you know, because you've you've come away with the three points that were massive ahead of, ahead of Sunday, you know. And there was the banana skin. We chatted about it last week. There was the potential banana skin element of of that venue and the game, and would be able to bounce back after defeat in the semi-final. And you heard it from the manager all week last week that nothing's changed. We will approach this game in the same way that we've approached all the other games that have taken us on this run, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, there, and we got the three points, and uh, it was it was a joy to behold.
4: I love how he continually reiterates that because obviously the question is rephrased every single week in the pre match press conference about how do you prepare your team for this game either on the back of a, a victory or a European defeat or and he just you know, he's at that stage I think where he's sick answering the question. Uh mm. he prepares the same way every single week. And we're getting used to that, JP. A couple of things you said though. If you've been up and down to Dingwall on a bus, that's another one of the things that you tick. If you're a real Celtic fan, apparently, because you're not... Until you've done it at half five in the morning, I mean, come on, you shouldn't be on a Celtic podcast,
1: should you? Well, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of tired of this rhetoric that, you know, because I've been on this podcast for a year and a half or something like that, that's somehow devalued my credentials as a Celtic fan. I'm still the same person that... Was going to the games before I sat down here for the first time and spoke to you, and I'm still the same person now. Mm-hmm. I don't think of myself as any different. Uh, you know, uh, I have you know many many uh, memories in my head of being a Celtic fan prior to a Celtic state of mind. Um, it's you know just so happens that I met you once upon a time, and we started chatting about Celtic. <laughs> you know, people watch it. Some people don't watch it. Some people have. Have tuned out because we're apparently, you know, boring or vanilla or whatever. You know, fair play if that, if you know, if that's not if it's not your thing, that's okay. You know, if that no, is,
4: uh, what color would you say that? Who is? Is it kind of like a beige orange? It's not. Vanilla, it's, a, is
1: it? it's not orange. Definitely not orange. It's a, <laughs> It's a, it's, a, it's more of a coral color.
4: Coral. I like that. I'll go with that. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, Sorry. That, that was a wee great, faux pas. Man. Sorry if I offended anybody in the comment section. <laughs> uh, get your comments in, get your points in, throw them into the comment section. We want to know what your big calls would be this weekend. There are a few. The other thing I was going to say there, when you were saying, I'm not sure what the stadium's called, it brings home to me, uh, it begs the question to me, is it that important? And that brings up, JP, that no matter what happens in the future, and I think there will come a time where the board see the naming rights of the stadium as something that's a legitimate way to earn cash for Celtic, it wouldn't make a difference to you or me or anybody else what the sponsor is. Very much like, unless it was something really divisive on your jersey, it's not really going to make much of a difference as to, you know, the the green and white hoops. I, I much prefer it sponsorless like it is behind you there. But eventually, I reckon we will have a name on that stadium, but we'll still call it what we call it just now. Some people call it Celtic Park, Paradise Parkhead, head, depending not, on your, your era or where or your front.
1: Let's certainly not call it parkers though, that's 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 <laughs> that's vetoed. Can uh, I just
4: ask, that that was a wind-up though, eh? That nobody uh, seriously calls it that?
1: Mm, do they? Uh,
4: I don't know, I don't know,
1: <laughs> I, I, I don't know where it started, uh, but I did see it kind of try to infiltrate its way into supporters' psyche and it was quickly, uh, quickly kind of kicked into touch, which and is right, where yeah. it belongs because yeah. that's Weird part, but see you look at Celtic Park from a from a distance, um, like from the sky. You, you could be forgiven for thinking it was the Adidas Stadium because obviously Adidas have got a massive logo across the mm-hmm. seats mm-hmm. in the North Stand. So if 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 Adidas turned around and said Do we want to sponsor your stadium and call it the Adidas Adidas Celtic Park or something like that, so I mean yeah, I don't know. I mean I I get that it would obviously. You know, um, ruffle some feathers if that happened. But if there was large amounts of cash in in exchange, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, yeah, it's, it, it's, it, it definitely would would cause consternation. I think if it, if it ever came to the point where that was on the table, it's been it's been obviously rumoured many many times. But um, actually, the reason I stuck that strip up is obviously because it's the the much maligned strip from last season, mm. and it, I just put it up as a kind of reminder
4: of... It's a cracking strip as well.
1: It is a great strip, Bye. but I put it up as a reminder of how far we've come from those days and and under, you know, under Neil Wenning and under John Kennedy and just, you know, where do we go from here? We're, we're so kind of, you know, we were like the the John Travolta gif in Pulp Fiction where he's just standing <laughs> going, what, what are we doing here? Like, where, where where's this club going? Because that's where we were at, you know, before... And um, Ange Postecoglou came in. Nobody knew how this was. Yeah. Nobody knew how this season was going to pan out, and we're sitting here now with an opportunity to beat Rangers on Sunday and win, and effectively win the league, which is kind. Of, after all the horror of last year and George Square times two, and you know, you know the the, the gloating and everything else that we've had to endure from from over there. You know, to to you know to to get our own back in this way would be would be pretty sweet. You know, um, would. probably a, a big ninety minutes ahead. There's no guarantee that we're going to win the game, but um, we've got the fact that we've got the opportunity to do it is is massive.
4: It's it's incredible. And the thing is, as well, um, talking about the the whole process, of your your Celtic uh, fanship, etc. Uh, JP, we've got to share the good stuff because last week or at the beginning of this week I'm sharing a picture that was sent to us by three Axon listeners standing with their Axon jerseys on and Paddy Lavery was responsible for it and he sent it to the studio and it's sitting up there on the table Um, but during the week we had some uh, bad news about a big Celtic fan in Australia Thomas Dunn who is a huge Axon fan as well and he sent us at the beginning of the season an Ange flag I don't know if you remember a I displayed it behind me for a couple of the shows and it is going to be going to games potentially on Sunday in actual fact Uh, but Thomas isn't doing so well at the moment so a big shout out to Thomas get well soon Um, and we were texting during the week and he actually texted that he loves and he said it, Jurgen Klopp on a Thursday so (laughs) he does love the show on a Thursday, I don't know what time it is where you are Thomas but hopefully you're you're feeling good about this weekend, hopefully that lifts your spirits and Ange gives you a performance to lift your spirits as well Um, I think there's a couple of big calls around O'Reilly, Rogic, Jakimakis, Kyogo. But I want to start in the defence. And I said before, um, you were able to come in after a a, a wee technical hitch. I said that the defence picks itself. It does. It absolutely does pick itself. Goalkeeper four at the back. But the one thing, and I'm not going to say it's a concern, because I want to talk about Tony Ralston in glowing terms. Because this season, and I've said this a few times, he's one of the success stories of the season. Mm. Um, he's not going to be... Because what happens when people vote for player, player of the year, young player of the year, etc. cetera, um, I don't even think he would come into their thinking. But I, w- I would have voted for him just because of what he has overcome. And if there was such a thing as a most improved player of the year, which you used to get when you were a 13-year-old playing for the local boys club and that, JP, he would be the man who would win the most improved player for me. And if Juranovic hadn't been injured, the chances were that come the end of the season, you know, if and when we're crowned champions, and I'm not counting my chickens, but you were in a great position. You know, you'd have had that moment where Ralston's walking about with the tracksuit on. You know, maybe mm-hmm. he's been on the bench for that game, and after the season that he's had, I would have felt a bit kind of gutted for him. Yeah, um, I would have much rather we had a full complement of players going into the the game at the weekend. Absolutely. But it's not the case. Djuranovic is injured. Ralston will start. Um, and although we will be talking about the nominations, I think in terms of a success story, Tony's up there, isn't he? And it's it's only right that he's going to be part of this team as we're hopefully going to cross the line.
1: Yeah, it does, does feel a bit kind of like the stars of...
2: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet.
1: He's, he's in at the the real business end of the season you know this is this is you know Sunday's like I say Sunday's a potential title winning game you know because everybody knows that if we win on Sunday then it's three games to go there's no, there's a nine point gap and the goal difference is is is, is as it is so for, for Ralston to be here and in, the, in in that starting eleven on Sunday. It's like I've said before when we've talked about people who have been on the periphery who've not in who've been at Celtic throughout the last four or five years of dominance last season aside, of course. Um and Ralston has been here. Mm. Obviously there's been loan spells in and amongst that, you know, in amongst that time, but he's still been a Celtic player, you know, by name, uh, all throughout that time. And therefore a title win where he's contributed massively throughout this season like there's whether you're a big fan or not whether you think he's good enough for Celtic or not obviously he's won over a lot of people but there'll still be people that'll say not for me you know we need something better there and we have got something better than Juranovic and they'll argue that but I think you know to put your hands on a trophy that you feel like you've contributed towards it and you're not just the guy in the tracksuit or the suit Mm. you know you've got those memories of uh, guys like Charlie Nick in the Scottish Cup final when he's got the big wild sort of hair and he's going around. It was, was a saying. strange
4: stage. The, the hair evolution was at a strange stage, 95 Cup final, eh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> It was, I, I don't really know what that was. It was It was a bit sort of Justin curry Delamitri, wasn't it? You know,
4: like kind of... There was a lot of hairspray going on.
1: A, middle, a kind of middle shed, but we're mm. like a kind of long bit at the back. Um, but you remember, like, there's been loads of times where there's been occasions where you know guys appear in their suits on the park and they're kind of there in the celebrations. Marvin Comper, I'm pretty sure, took, took part in celebrations and probably was thinking, "I'm an absolute fraud here." You know, I've I've lined my pockets with silver, but I've contributed what 60 minutes of football to this, to these celebrations of tre of a treble. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Ralston, it's it's so different because he's he's been a key contributor to putting us in this position to be able to go to the into the game on Sunday with one hand on the trophy. Um, there obviously is his last minute winner, but he scored other goals as well. He scored he scored at Easter Road, didn't I score at Easter Road in a in the victory there? Yeah, when we beat them the first time. Um,
4: Europe, and just scored scored in Europe scored as
1: well. Scored in Europe, and just it just as all round. Uh, performance as well. You just there's been games where you've been like, "Wow, Ralston's been immense today." You know, like he might not have scored the goal. He's, that's not his job, um, but he's just you know really. Oh, some of his deliveries for for goals as well. He's cross at Dundee and uh, at Dens Park where he puts Charlie Adam on his on his uh, rear and uh, and then flights it in for. I can't even remember who scored. I, I, I've got a good memory, but I'm not that good. um maybe Jota or Kyogo, I can't remember. Um but yeah, like he's 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 just he's just been a, a fixture and you don't get to win over such a large section of the support unless you have put in the effort and the work over a period of time. It's you know it's not like he's just had one good game or two good games. He's been every time he's played, he's 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 been a a, a big factor in getting results.
4: Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, it's interesting that we cover every single kick of the ball, but sometimes it's like, who who was on the end of that? Who was, who was on the end of that? I'm sure somebody in the comments will come in. Mm. I'm not going to Google it. I'm not checking the Celtic wiki um, because you start getting lazy. But the, th- the thing with, with Tory Ralston that um, I think is phenomenal is when you started looking at a certain stage of the season at players who had played 50 games or more for Celtic in the starting lineup often it was it was three players and it was um, Callum McGregor Greg Taylor and Tony Ralston mm. only three players and I think that showed you the the incredible turnaround in, in players that, that Ange has had to oversee uh, but also and I'm saying the lack of experience in terms of being a Celtic player or being part of a Celtic team or a winning team and I know that, that Tommy Rodgick put the broadcaster in, in their place when the, the question was posed about um, you know, being at the top of the league and handling the pressure. And he was like, you know, we've been at the top of the league for 10 years, mate. And that, that is true. Of course it's true. But at the same time, the group of players were so new to to be playing uh, together. And that dynamic uh, obviously has been uh, building over the season. Um, but I think Ralston has been tremendous. Um, and I'm thinking about my my lineup for the weekend and the fact that Ralston's on the right-hand side. And I know he was kind of thrown into a situation in the last Rangers game in the cup, ah, that was, where that where would, Kent yeah. was flying, you know, the, the the back forward kind of the balance wasn't there, JP. Um however, when just is selecting his starting lineup, how much onus is he putting on the right hand side and their defensive qualities as well? Because mm-hmm. at the moment I'm thinking Jot on the right, Maid on the left, it's gonna be hard to drop the two. Um but Jot is not the greatest when it comes to defensive play. So th- does he switch to the left? And then there's another option on the right. I think that's the one dilemma I have at the moment.
1: Aye, I mean, just to go back to that goal at uh, Dens Park, it says a lot that I'm remembering the cross and the delivery <laughs> mm-hmm. rather than the finish from the striker. Because you know, you would think you would be more about who scored the goal and who finished it, but I'm remembering the fact that uh, Charlie Adam was 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 sent for for his dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> By Ralston, um, but yeah, for for the for the balance on, on Sunday for the front three, I mean Maeda has to start. Uh, you know, there's no question he's starting, and obviously I think he would start in the left. Uh, Jota scored on Saturday, showed hunger to get that second goal. We obviously set up the goal as well for Kyogo's header, mm-hmm. which was a great header. So you've got a goal and assist for Jota. I mean that's undroppable form from the previous game. Um and Ange obviously like loves the guy anyway, he plays him most weeks. So you would think he'd start um Ralston can take care of himself at, at right back. Um and there's cover from the midfield if if, if necessary and obviously you've got the centre halves as well. But if obviously then that then gives you the, the big question as to who starts in the middle. Mm-hmm. Is it Jakaris or is it is it Kyogo? I'd say it's probably going to be Kyogo um, especially after not just scoring at the weekend but just getting minutes under his belt and he'll be chomping at the bit to to play in this game and I'm sure Jack Emacus is as well um, but it's a really really tough decision for the manager to make because there's arguments for both of them to start but I mean Kyogo has been a revelation in, in this side and we've missed him for so long and we know what he can do, and he'll want to put right... I mean, Ange Postogoglu said it himself, if we were two or three weeks down the line, Kyogo probably is getting a trick on Sunday, you know, like those chances. So you'd like to think that with another, into the next game, he's taken one or two more of those chances, and uh, I would hope it was against them on Sunday, because he's not scored against them. And neither's Jacomakis, actually. Hmm. Um, so you've got hunger on the bench if needed, if it's one or the other that start, the two of them have a massive I think I think that's a big factor when you think about it, when they've they've not like you know, Jacomakus, you know, on another night in the 3 0 game would have scored against Alan McGregor, but for a couple of great saves. And he seems like the type of guy that he knows he needs to score in big games and wants to score in big games to be remembered and I think Kyogo does as well I think Kyogo wants to contribute and I'm sure Giacomacchus does as well wants to contribute in every game but I think Giacomacchus has said in fact that fact that he, he knows he needs to score or wants to score in the big games mm-hmm. um, whereas Kyogo just you know, will score against anybody um, and but then Kyogo has that thing maybe haunting him from Ibrox at the start of the season when he could have and should have scored against them squared it when he shouldn't have shot when he shouldn't have so that'll be playing in his mind as well and like I said to have two people like that that are in that position that have got that much hunger to score against your biggest rival then that's a really strong uh, thing to have in your corner going into that game on Sunday
4: it is. I mean, the, the amount of players that uh, we haven't had available for spells this season, JP, and, and it's coming to fruition near the end of the campaign. Um, I mean, it was tough when we were struggling for strikers. It was tough, uh, you know, when we Washington were struggling. Uh, exactly. You know, and, and playing Kyogo when he, he shouldn't have played. Yeah. Um, but now we're looking at it, we've got ourselves in this position and it's great to have that. Um, that selection, it's not even a headache I don't think, we we said at the weekend there uh, before the game um, that 60 minutes for Kyogo and then you bring on Yakimakis as part of his um, continuing recuperation um, and also Kyogo gets some minutes under the belt, so I, I do think despite the fact that Yakimakis has performed really well against strangers and he bullies them and he's that kind of guy that stretches him at the back um, I just think that you know to have that weapon on the bench uh, You know I feel a wee bit uh, Reluctant to criticise Kugo in the semi-final Because Again I think that when he was Thrown on At the same time as O'Reilly He did make an impact There was an impact there For about 10-15 minutes But it was pretty clear He was he was way off uh, mm. Certainly Going into a, a, An extra time A period of extra time So mm. that, that was not going to happen So with regards to the the lineups, there's another one I'm going to ask you about, another dilemma just as we move through the show. But I'm hoping to get as many of you involved as possible. Kevin Graham Poe, can't help himself when he comes, comrades, um, and he's getting involved in the chat as well. And I'm bringing this up because, interestingly enough, we never have um, you know a shortage of subjects to talk about, J.P., um, you don't know what we're going to talk about when you come on of course you just come in blind because I don't send anything over to you it's just what's happened in the last week at Celtic and we look ahead to the weekend we're in a good place in the in the week sitting on a Thursday um, but the whole question around Europe I'm going to start this off with regards to how that's developing of course with Liverpool last night the victory over Villarreal it's a wee bit like talking about winning the league and um, not taking anything for granted. We know that there's work still to be done, but you win that game at the weekend and you know it's almost there, it's almost in your hands. You're looking at that last night, anything can happen in the second leg, of course, between Liverpool and Villarreal. But if Liverpool finish the job, then it will make sure that Celtic, should we win the league, um, have that passage directly into the group stages. So it's massive and it's great to to keep an eye on uh, the the development of that particular result as well, JP. We've been a wee bit critical, I think, over the last couple of years on uh, the Axon Bulletin, certainly since we started doing the live Bulletin um, almost two years ago now, about the lack of ambition in Europe. Uh, This season, I thought, was quite interesting because it was always going to be a bridge too far, but we've been left with a couple of really decent performances, a few decent performances, a few good results, Um, But we really didn't expect much from Andy's team this season. But from what he's been saying, um, you know, he does have ambitions to do something. And then people say, Ian Bank here included, Scottish clubs can't compete in Europe. Mm. But tonight, you know, Andy Hinkle's team is playing Rangers tonight in the semi. Everybody knows it. Mm -hmm. Um, And somebody says, it's the Holy Scotland over here. Now the good guys are over this side. (laughs) We're still still in Scotland. Um, And I do look at it. In respect of not to try and emulate them, but I think it, it does show that it can be done. You know, latter stages of Europe, that isn't that what we want? I think I think
1: there's definitely an argument to say that. that I mean, I know that they they obviously beat Prussia Dortmund, which was a hell of a a hell of a a, a scalp to take. But I think they've they've met teams at the right time and they've had a system that's that's been set up well for for Europe that was that was started under Gerard I mean Gerard did well in Europe I don't think that can be forgotten uh, despite his you know uh, lack of success domestically you know no cups one league and a very very weird season um you know was afforded the time to I mean I I, I still maintain and we've said it before that had that season been completed as it should have been with every match played, as we all wanted it to be, as I'm sure Celtic <laughs> wanted it to be as well, um, we do wonder, you do wonder if um, Stephen Gerrard would have made a third season at Rangers. But, I mean, he did. And then obviously left like he did uh, in, in the middle of the night <laughs> and did a runner in November. And we all know how that feels. So, But with this uh, run that they're on... They just seem to have... uh, I don't think they're playing outstanding football. I don't think they're doing anything radically different. And also, I don't know if I said this last week, but I definitely thought it um, at some point. If they're that great a side, Mm -hmm. how have we rattled them 3-0 at Celtic Park? How have we then gone to Ibrox and ended this uh, crazy long domestic record that they were on um, taking in last season? you know, we're supposed to be this bad side, but yet we can go to their home ground and take away three points. Not even playing particularly well. It was not as if we went there and did what we did to them at Celtic Park. We just were composed, defended well, and took a a couple of chances when we got them and then then left with the three points. So it doesn't, you know, as much as we got slagged for the Bodo-Glimp games, you know, that kind of gets wiped away when we've gone to their ground and, and beaten them. Yes, they beat us in the semi-final in extra time that can happen. Um, but as far as our progress in Europe is is concerned, the real judgment is, is next season. And again, mm-hmm. it depends what sort of draw we get. I mean, we've had semi-favorable draws in, 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 in Champions League and Europa League. Um, I mean, I would argue that we did kind of with Lazio, what what they did this season, and you know, obviously we didn't get much further than that because we got put out of Copenhagen. But um, but beating the Lazio home and away was kind of like our Dortmund moment, wasn't it? Because nobody would have nobody would have given us a chance against Lazio. Um, we became the first Scottish team to win. Uh, sort the first Celtic team to win in an Italian soil, um, mm-hmm. which was quite a remarkable thing, considering the. The length of time our club has existed, so um, I, I think, I think the the European thing is, you know, I mean, to have your first stab at Europe as we had being a Europa League run, which we got into, nobody thought we would get actually into the Europa League, and then to be building your side and trying to, trying to gather or trying to like sort of um, make a team gel <laughs> together but be doing that whilst you're playing Bayer Leverkusen, Real Betis you know, it's to be commended that we even went up against it. I know we got hammered at home of Leverkusen but in the other games against them we, we gave them a game
2: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet not home internet Keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test Intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit Cox.com/internet for details.
0: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
1: So you go from that to the Euro, the conference league games against a really well-oiled Bodo side who potentially could win that entire tournament. I mean, it's what the semi-finals tonight, right? Are they are they playing tonight? I don't even know who they're playing. Do you know who they're playing?
4: I'll check that just for your nah, chat now. Yeah. Um, It shows how much you check out, you totally check out from these things from time to time. but then
1: you you go from Europa League with a side in its infancy to then the Conference League and against a a, a well uh, organised outfit who are no mugs beating Roma, etc. You know, we we were going up against a team that hammered Roma 6 1. Um, I I think that's to be remembered. So then your next, (laughs) potentially your next stab at Europe is. Direct qualification to the Champions League, something that the club's not been able to do for what five years? Is it is it going to be is it going to be five years if we if we are in the Champions League next season? Is it five years since we
4: were last there? I think 20? you're right because uh, Paddy was yeah. talking about that on a Tuesday. Going on mm-hmm. about the Champions League music not being played at Celtic Park for for five years. Would it be so.
1: Anderlecht maybe? Would it be the that it's run? Incredible. The, Ander- the Anderlecht run where it was Anderlecht, PSG and Bayern Munich. Mm. That's the la- that, is, that is the last Champions League campaign that we were in, which, I mean, obviously with COVID and everything it seems like a lifetime ago, but five years,
4: yeah. It's so disappointing. And th- that's that is why the question is being asked, because obviously we're now facing a completely different scenario moving into next season. Another transfer window under Ange Postecoglou, and the way that he uh, approaches recruitment, you know, excites me because I think that he gets it right more often than not. Mm. Um, the the fact that we maybe have to cull half a dozen players from the wage bill, um, maybe replace them with four or five who are actually going to be pushing for a jersey because these half a dozen are nowhere near the team. Um, we're going to go in in a good uh, in good shape. Pat Burns. Uh, Afternoon troops buzzing for the game Sunday Hail hail from sunny Wexford in Ireland Hail hail to you Pat Always an absolute pleasure to hear from you Um, Here's an interesting dynamic It is what it is As a Rangers fan That's fine Because you're not coming in with What we often get from Rangers fans (laughs) I want Celtic to do well in Europe Can only bode well for our league My son is a Celtic fan also So Derby should be fun Good show guys That's an interesting dynamic, I've got to say, uh, on Derby Day. Not one that I've ever experienced myself, but fair play to you, fair play. Um, And I think it is difficult, I mean, let's be honest, right? It's difficult to say, you know, it's good for Scottish football, I want Rangers to win tonight. Please, no one cut that wee bit out as if I've just made a statement. (laughs) <laughs> uh, without the it's difficult to say but at the beginning i'm sure some doubt there will um no yeah i find that really difficult so fair play for you to come in uh with that point as well but on the subject we're talking about ireland and um last week Axom we're at the willy Maley statue fundraiser at celtic park massive big shout out to the memorial group fundraisers they came over The um they teamed up with a wee squad of Celtic fans from Scotland, which included our very own Stevie Mullen, who, although he's not Axom, uh, these days he's still part of the team, JP, of course, uh, Tommy Sheridan and uh, Shuggy Farrell as well. And they put on this night, Martin O'Neill up at the Kerrydale, uh, Friday night, the wakes. I mean, what else could you ask for on a Friday night? Axom were up there helping um, as much as we possibly could, obviously. And they smashed the target. So the statue will be erected in Noori over on an island. And I just think that's tremendous. Ah, the that's Celtic cool. fans are able to to make that kind of difference. JP, we, as a, as an Axrom team, we've called upon Celtic fans to get behind our th- fundraisers. We've never been disappointed. Um, so fair play to everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And it'll be brilliant to see that statue. I've seen the wee miniature. You know, the sculpture does the wee miniature, mm-hmm. almost like a proof. And I've I've seen a picture of that and it looks astonishing. Um, I love the statues uh, that Celtic have got. And I've always said though, JP, we should have, you know, as a nation, I I know that the BBC are banging on about football clubs never having won a quadruple and all this nonsense. Come on now, 1967, Mm -hmm. right? But I think that every player should have a statue. Every one of those Lisbon lines should have a statue. Now, I don't know if that's going up the Celtic way, or if it's in their hometowns, I'm not sure how it would work. But I think it would be only right. I mean, what an achievement. I hope none of them are from Lark Hall. <laughs> well, I remember <laughs> the Bobby Lyrics one in Salt Coats. Uh, you know,
1: I mean, it, Salt Coats is not fully Rangers, is it? I mean, it's it's there's a lot. Of, I mean, my mate Michael uh, Taggart, he's his bust. The are and Gary Owen, obviously it's Ardross in, in the name, but there's loads of folk from Salt Coats. Are, are on that bus, Ross and Gary on CSE. Um, so yeah, and Bobby Lennox uh, has or had a bar in in Saltcoats, Bobby's mm-hmm. bar. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been in it once, many many years ago, uh, but I've never actually been to Saltcoats since the statue was unveiled. So I'd quite like to to see it myself. But I mean, any, anywhere where there's a statue, I mean, you've got like the Bon Scott statue, and uh, uh, where is it in Fife? Kerimir. Uh, yeah and it, just things like that, where it, it ties, it ties um, something. You know that apparently, I think it's in. Is it? I think it's in Detroit. There's a RoboCop statue, um, really? which, which is you know obviously nothing to do with football. But like, I just like the fact
4: I, that... I'd visit. it. <laughs> ah, of course you would. I would like, visit. Her, right? I,
1: I know. I know. Like if you're of a certain. Uh, vintage, then yeah, you would go and see a Robocop statue in Detroit. <laughs> I think it's Detroit. Oh, I mean it was supposed to be Detroit that the film was made. So um, I, I, I love the idea of a statue. Uh, Bodo were pumped by Roma five to oh. Were they put out. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I completely missed that. I'm uh, behind the times. So they got their own back then. Fair enough. So
4: you're you're concentrating on Celtic. I mean that's fair enough. I
3: mean, I, I, I
1: didn't I didn't pay attention to the last round. I I. I because it's what the last round would have been, what two weeks ago or something like that. I, I just I didn't tune into that. So, well, there you go. Um, so if if Roma put them out, but they beat Roma six one earlier on in the competition in the in the, in the group stage. Mm,
4: yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. Thing is though, JP right. I've got to say, my my focus when it comes to football is entirely on Celtic. And mm. um, with regards to what's happening in the European competitions, what happens in English football, I ask the couple of uh, people who work in here in the studio because, to be honest with you, I'm just too busy with Celtic. Mm. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I, know, I admire people that have got this incredible, wealthy um, world football knowledge. I think back in the day, when you collected Panini stickers and you read the shoot in a match and World Soccer and all that, my knowledge was much better uh, than it certainly is now, that's for sure. Um, also, another wee quirky one, two players who played for Celtic when Clyde beat us 2-1 in the Cup. Um, one leaving Hibs, one potentially going to Hibs. What can <laughs> that make of the Roy Keane, Keane rumours? I know you're a Man Youth fan, so you probably love him as a player. I love them as a player as well.
1: Oh, absolutely, you know, one of the one of the greatest uh, for Man United, no no question. And obviously, he, I do like to hear his his, uh, his his comments on the modern day player and how much he's irked by how the modern day player is. You know, don't apologize. Don't don't want to hear apologies. You no, know? just get out there and play football. You know, like <laughs> like. I I, I hate that as well you know Man United put up something the other day and we're just like the next seven days for United and I could have been I I honestly nearly replied and went well there'll be all this chat from the players of what they're going to do in the game and then the day after the game it'll be like we're not good it's not good enough you know we have to do better and it's it's so predictable it's I I, I just can't be bothered with this constant apology culture and you know Hair coming out and saying stuff, and you know Pogba coming out and saying stuff. I mean, he can just he can just go away. That guy, as far as I'm concerned, is an absolute waste of space. Like eighty mil- I can't believe Man United let a guy go for nothing and then bought him back for eighty million. That's one of the modern day football travesties. Really, that that that, that money was spent on someone that had been let go from their system for nothing. Like if Celtic did that, I'd be absolutely livid. You know, especially if you, you you got you got the player back and it's not what you bought. You know, you, you've not bought what you thought you've bought because he's not really done. And he's been back at Man United for about what four or five years now, mm. and he's really never been that guy that everybody thought he was going to be. Like they thought he was going to be like this sort of you know linchpin of the of the team yeah. and, and the guy that like drags them through games and everything else, and the guy that won the World Cup with France and everything mm. else. It's just not. It's not worked out, and it's, it's just. It's pretty depressing, actually, because he's obviously, you know, going to leave Man United potentially in the summer. A very, very wealthy guy, but Man United have got nothing to show for it, really, in terms of trophies or titles or anything like that. Um, but Roy Keane at Hibs would be. I mean, it, it says a lot that Hibs are in such a dire straits that they. You know, would potentially be an uh, Roy Keane would potentially be an option because Roy Keane's stock in in football. I don't know what sort of world Roy Keane you know has what job offers has he fielded in the last few years. You know, we're not privy to. You know, maybe clubs have approached them. Maybe Celtic eh, approached them. Was that?
4: Yeah, it was JP, but I remember. Uh, just recently watching the Gary oh, the Neville team, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Gary Neville was interviewing Roy Keane, and Keane's walking his dog. You might have seen it. It's, yeah. a, it's a decent. He's really relaxed, and it's a decent interview. And he asked him about managerial officers He says in England certainly, championships the highest he's been offered in England. Right. Well, there I don't you think he revealed the team. By the way, we we do have a band next door. I don't know if you can hear them playing, but um, when you're chatting, I'll I'll mute my mic. Hopefully, it cuts out some of this. They're mm. from LA, by the way. So. Interesting. course <laughs> Interestingly um, So I think I'm pretty sure It's like um, I think When it comes to Managers like Roy Keane There is always going to be Clubs Willing to take the risk mm-hmm. On his So called Ineptitude As a coach Or a manager Because that's what mm-hmm. I've been reading This week But there's so many clubs That would be willing To take that For the profile mm. and, and I think mm. that I mean if I were to do that It's certainly intriguing I don't know. Well, I don't know how good a, a coach or a manager he is. Well,
1: I mean, it would it would obviously, you know, show that he's willing to go somewhere that, I mean, you wouldn't have thought that Hibs financially could compete with a Championship club, you mm. know, in terms of what they're offering him salary wise. So it would show that he's willing to sort of almost take a a step down, you know, in a way because no disrespect to Hibs, but going to Hibs. As Roy Keane, as uh, as a kind of step down in terms of like what, but then like you say, he's only been off for Championship clubs. So Championship managers have come to Scotland before. Premier League managers have come to Scotland mm. before. So it just seems a bit weird because he's been out of the game for so long. I think there'd be a lot of Hibs fans that would be for it for the for the the name, you know, in a, in the similar way that. Rangers fans were probably for Gerrard coming, even although he'd never managed the club before. I mean, Rangers fans didn't know that Gerrard had Michael Beale and etc. Other people around him. They had absolutely no knowledge of. Um, unless they were like absolutely, you know, nerds, then there's no way that the majority of Rangers fans that knew that he had a team around about him that were competent well more way more than competent. You know, that were you know, uh, you know, of decent caliber. Um, so I think there's Hibs fans that would probably be like, oh yeah Roy Keane will attract players in the same way that Rangers fans believe that Gerard attracted players and maybe he did, maybe, maybe Ryan Kent doesn't come to Rangers without without Gerard there, who knows but um, but with Roy Keane going to, going to Hibs be, there will also be Hibs fans that will be like why are we employing a guy that's not managed a club since 2011 and has basically spent the last however many years being a pundit ripping apart modern day footballers.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, it's
1: it's not as if Hibs are you know um, uh, exempt from that reality. You know there is there is modern day footballers at Hibs and you know if Roy Keane was to come in, you know hell mend them because they'll they'll not get away with anything if he's the manager. You know even more so now because he's he's. His ire is such that he you know you know doesn't you know doesn't take anything uh you know, doesn't take any nonsense.
4: You've heard the stories, you know, turning up at players gaffes uh, because they said they can't make training and stuff like that. I mean wow.
1: But the Robbie Savage thing's still my favourite thing where he was linked with Robbie Savage and Robbie Savage <laughs> like left a voicemail going, Waza and he just went
4: I'm not signing this guy. <laughs> not
1: <about that>. not <laughs> why, would I, why would I sign that guy? <laughs> no. I,
4: like, I, I do like that that side of uh, Kino, and I think he's a phenomenal pundit. I really do. Uh, I enjoy It's He's one of the guys that, if you're scrolling through your social media, you stop if, if it's a clip of Roy Keane. You stop oh, wow. invariably oh, and man. you listen to him. Um, is it a risk? Yeah, I think there's a huge potential with Hibs. I've always said it. Um, but, you know, it seems all about panic. It's all about... Um, they, you know, they want some kind of immediate impact, don't they?
1: The Maloney thing's just... Uh, I mean, I remember I got really annoyed at the fact that Chris Boyd had basically savaged Maloney about two weeks or three weeks into, into his tenure at Hibs mm-hmm. f- for, the, the, for the, the jargon that he used, you know, talking about impact injuries and all that. And, you know, just sounding like an absolute dinosaur of a guy, you know, just... And, and and it's like a fellow, a fellow Scotsman, a young manager, and then you've got a, an ex-player who l- literally didn't give him the time of day in a job. You know, it was was straight away, and I would get told all the time, "Oh, these players don't write these columns." And I'm like, "Well, they hit their faces above the columns and their names above the columns, so you know whether they've written it, you know, verbatim or not, it's still their column." And I, I just I, I find that I, I find that really uncomfortable that. That he was, he, he kind of wasn't given a chance from the off, and you know, no, he, he 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 was up against it in terms of losing Nisbet to injury, losing Martin Boyle, who was pretty much their talisman, scored a hat trick this season against Rangers in a semi final. Um, you know, there was other injuries as well, and obviously he's only had one chance. Trans- Did he have one transfer window? Yeah, he
4: didn't even have that because the players that were lined up. Um, I think the, the the chap that came in, the young the young uh, 19-year-old striker, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure, was, was a, yeah, I think that was a Maloney.
1: Oh yeah, of course, he did have a yeah. chance. Really. Yeah, of course he did, because he brought in several players in January. And, you know, we know well from past seasons that players that come in in January very rarely hit the ground running straight away. We've been fortunate this season in the signings that Ange Postacolco has brought in. That they've made an immediate impact, and they've been, you know, well scouted. Clearly, he knows the players. He knows Hatate. He knows Maeda. He knows Edigucci. Maybe didn't know O'Reilly, but my God, we've 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 got a good one in O'Reilly. Um, and so these players for Hibs might turn out to be good, you know, with a, a pre-season, and then you know next season. I, I just I find it really knee-jerk and. Um, If they were pulling the plug in Maloney after such a short time, you know, Roy Keane comes in, does he get afforded the same
2: time? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet.
1: Just because he's Roy Keane, I know because because he's old school and he can talk. A, he talks in a different way, you know. Does does that mean that he gets more time? I, 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 it's all about. I know it's all about results, but Maloney's Hibs in that semi final. I watched the semi final against Hearts and I thought they were unfortunate. I think Hearts t- scored two brilliant goals, but didn't really do that much more. You know, I, I think Hibs were, were the better side, and Joe Newell sending off killed them. You know, it was a crazy, crazy tackle when he was on a yellow. And that really, really hurt them at a point where they'd got to go back so quickly after Harts had scored their second. They were still in the game. And, uh, you know, I didn't see a lot of Hibs fans. I follow the Longbangers podcast because my friend's on it, my friend Matty. And, you, you know, obviously on Twitter you see what people like and it comes up in your timeline. So I was seeing... I've seen. I was still seeing support for Maloney after that semi-final because I don't think any real Hibs fan could have watched that game and been like, "Nah, get Maloney out." You know, he's 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 a dud. You know, because the the Hibs team showed fight. You know, and looked like they didn't want to lose that game. And aye, that was that's just my
4: pennies worth on it. Well, two excels, Maloney and Keane. Uh, Malcolm Mackay also linked to the job as well. David Bradley comes in here. If you do hear the music in the background, I apologise. Or maybe not. Maybe you should just enjoy the background tunes. I don't know. I can't is hear it? it. Oh, well, hopefully the mic's doing its work. David Bradley. This is something that comes up quite a bit. And going into next season, I don't think we'll be looking on the right-hand side for sure, David, because I think Juranovic is at a quality that you can trust in, in Europe. And Ralston's a, a more than able deputy. But I have heard a lot of this and we definitely need a, a left back for sure. And I think that if you're going into the market, the question is, do you buy a left back or do you buy an upgrade? Because, you know, I think when we went out and bought Juranovic, it was an upgrade, JPM. We started to show off singing the praises of Ralston. It's no disrespect to Ralston. And similarly, this is no disrespect to Taylor. I think Taylor's had a very good season. Mm. Proved a lot of his doubters wrong. Um, but David Bradley makes the point He still thinks Taylor's too weak for Europe They can't handle the ball in Europe I want better than him for Europe That's three Europes in one sentence But um, I think we, we're going to be in the market For a left back anyway Definitely you know, and, and the question is availability you, you bring someone in And Taylor's still the first choice Fair enough Then that player needs to be the same, the, the right age And you're going to develop him To hopefully you know push for a jersey Was Scales that player I don't think it's happened that way this season. Or you go for an upgrade, and if you can get someone of the ilk of Juranovic and they're available, then you buy them, and then it's a you know it's a tussle for the jersey, similar to what Ralston and Juranovic is having. Is that where we are with the left back just now? Do you think, JP? You might have frozen, JP. You might have frozen. Um, in the meantime, whilst JP comes back, we've had a few wee gremlins uh, today with it with the. The signal. I will be bringing in other comments that's coming in. The other big point I was going to ask JP today is around Tommy Rogic and Matt O'Reilly. And I think that um, it's a flip of a coin. Do you go Tommy Rogic, who's having his vintage season, in my opinion, in a Celtic jersey? This is his 10th season. Do you go for him? We know what he can do against Rangers. Or do you go with potentially... The player who's on a bit better form because I think Matt O'Reilly's on better form at the moment. Um, When he's come in, he has impressed and J.P.'s left us. He might come back in, but that's fine. We've still got another five or six minutes left. I won't leave abruptly, ladies and gents. Um, Tommy Rogic said that he was quietly confident when Ange Postacoglu took the job on. Um, He had obviously worked with him at international level um, as an international player for Australia. But, I was looking earlier on this morning and um, he's a player whose contract has been left to run down, probably because he was on his way out. We know that a couple of times. Uh, he was on his way out of the club. And it expires on the 31st of May. So he, this is a player that's going into his final year, um, a bit like James E. Forrest, Chris Julien, and maybe others as well. And they're at that point of their, their career. Julien, I think, is also 29. James e. Forrest is 30. Tommy Rogic is 29 and there is a question as to what do we do with these players going into the last uh, year of their their contracts. So let us know what you think there. Personally, I think Tommy Rogic, you do what you can to keep him at Celtic. Um, Gary Moore, we're, we're looking at uh, this weekend at Celtic Park and you reckon that we've got to go for Rogic to start that game. Um, Mr. Wise, if your name is uh, to be believed, you believe that uh, Tom starts, Matt comes on for the second half. I find it hard to argue either way. To be honest with you, I think that, um, as I say, on form I'd go for O'Reilly. Uh, but you know, if you look at the entire campaign and the performances against Rangers specifically, you go for Tommy Rogic. But uh, we will be bringing in more of your comments. How does JP stay so still? Will McMillan? Yeah, that was a skill to behold. Um, and uh, the other, the other issues, obviously, that we have as well in relation to the starting lineup that we spoke about was who starts up top, and do you switch your left and right wingers? I mean, I certainly wouldn't be looking to drop Jota, but I'd maybe switch them to the left-hand side. Now, this is something that I've seen a few times coming in as well. AJ S C Technology, I'd like to see Forrest redeployed as an attacking right back or right wing back as he gets older. So if you think about the right back position, the inverted right back as it now is, and the way that uh, Tony Ralston has taken to that position, Greg Taylor has taken to it on the left hand side, and you're back.
1: Absolutely no idea what happened there. That, ne- that
4: never happens. My never computer just went
1: my computer just went and went black. It was like somebody just Turned it off with our remote control. The re- reset; it, it came back on, and then it said my internet wasn't working. Just stopped working. So I'm tethering it off my phone to get this. Oh,
4: item. this is costing you. Did you hear that? Electric guitars, all the way from early. Um, AGSC reckons that Forrest could be redeployed as an attacking right back. Now, obviously, we don't play the traditional right back, which is ultra defensive. Although mm. it can be uh, in Europe, and indeed. It can be in games like Sunday's game. Do you think Forrest is a type of player that could be redeployed as a, an inverted fullback, JP? I've heard a few people saying this.
1: I I, I don't know. I, I I don't know if he's got the defensive qualities. Uh, I've never really seen much of that from him. in, in his time, you know, his, his strengths have always been going forward, um, not really tracking back. Um, he's an interesting one because I mean is this not his testimonial
4: season this like now this, this is actually his 13th season in the first night nice. yeah. do you
1: wonder why he's not had the testimonial before now then because you know should have had one three years ago. Then if mm. it's ten years as a testimonial, right? I mean, yeah,
4: the, the generally, I'm, I'm looking, I'm trying to remember his last contract would have been four years ago. So generally, they get it written into the contract, don't they? Mm. And, and it's part of the it's part of the package that you'll get mm. a testimonial as well. Um, so you know, no announcement, but I would expect it. yeah, certainly, I would expect it in the not too distant future. I hope that he is still part of the plans. I started off the conversation saying JP that mm. him Julian. And Rogic are three players who are moving into the final year of the contracts. Mm-hmm. So the contracts expire on the 31st of May. Uh, personally, as it stands, I'd keep two of them. So I don't think Julien has been involved enough since he's you know cameo against Wraith Rovers. I don't think he's got a future under Ange. No inside information whatsoever. I'm just saying, saying it as I see it. You know, mm-hmm. Over the last few months, there's not been enough appearances for him. and um, just watching him at training every day. Forrest... I'm going to keep saying it, he's only 30. And I know, the, I know he's had the injuries. I know that that sometimes catches up with you at the tail end of your career, JP. But in dispatches this season, I've seen enough from Forrest to know that he can still do a job for Celtic. I don't expect no. him to play 50 games a season.
1: No, I, I, you see a lot of, you know, after the semi-final in particular, there's that clip that was being shared quite a lot where he, he was struggling to get back I think to chase the Bassey cross that led to the second goal. Mm-hmm. I've not watched the whole I've not watched the highlights back. Couldn't you bring myself to do it. Um and everyone's like, you know, you see a lot of that's it Forrest is done, get him out and all this sort of stuff. And you remember there was people saying that about Scott Brown, uh, you know, in twenty sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that there's the same player or that we're going to get a similar return from Forrest like we did from Scott Brown uh, over the next, what, three years under Rodgers and then then Neil Lennon. But I think it's far too hasty to just, you know, write the guy off when he's not really had an opportunity to play many games because after coming back from an injury as well, it's the side is too settled right now for him to be given opportunities. I think if we were to wrap up the league, there might be an argument that you'd see some appearances from James Forrest uh, in the starting eleven. You know, between now and the end of the season, but you know, you're not dropping, you're not dropping Jota after Sunday, and you know, it's he's he's, he's going to struggle to get into that team for now. But then things might be different in the summer. Jota might leave. Um, you know, we might sign somebody else. That's a, a project or whatever. And James Forrest is is, is vying for the position with him. Um, so I, I plus the guys, you know, massively decorated as a as a Celtic player, and I think it's kind of it kind of saddens me to see people just saying that ah, Forrest is done. Get rid of him. You know, move on. Like, like some sort of, you know, spoiled, you know, uh, toy in a conveyor belt where you just like go, oh, well, that's damaged goods so fling it in the bin, you know. It's like, nah, nah, not, not with him. He's I just agree had, with that. He's, such a hard, he's had such a hard time over his career and I've, I've heard it from around about me where I sit at Celtic Park in the North Stand. There's a lot of people that have given him a hard time and then have to, and then have to sit and... You know, eat humble pie when he comes up with a big goal in a big game you know which he's was done Was it against United things.
4: this season where, where he barely where he barely uh, or was it Motherwell Loving, and he barely celebrated Yeah it yeah. was Livingston away
1: Loving. Livingston Aye. away where he's right in front of me basically at that game and I just watched him he sort of ran and then slowed down and stopped and just kind of looked around about and turned around and players came running towards him to celebrate and he just kind of was like, I, yeah, that's what See, I do. It does do. sadden me a bit. I can still do it, you know, yeah. I can still I can still score goals at this level. Um yeah, maybe I'm not the player I have been but I've been injured for a long time.
4: Best um, part of two seasons, JP. I yeah. I mean, I think I look at that uh, and if someone has 13 seasons, he's almost, you know, he's edging towards 500 appearances for Celtic and I keep banging on about this only 12 players in the history Celtic Football Club have 500 or more appearances um, as decorated as as you say as well um, you give them an extension you keep them at the club 100% so I've got to apologise for the initial issues that we had on a technical basis and uh, as we play out I can hear music coming from the background, hopefully it's not ruining your uh, listening pleasure as well Uh, JP will be at Celtic Park on Sunday, hope you enjoy that I'll be covering it from here and um, The rest of you are welcome to join me uh, on A Celtic State of Mind on Sunday. Someone pointed out, I did highlight it, I might have lost comment, it was in response to Greg Taylor being too wee. There it is. Want to think Mm -hmm. about Andy Robertson was released for being too wee. Don't buy this nonsense.
1: Nah, I mean, I think there's been occasions in Europe where Greg Taylor has been maybe shown up to be not at the level that you can play, I mean... Do I think Greg Taylor should be starting at left back in Champions League games for Celtic? I mean, it's a little bit of a concern, but we've seen other players, you know, make a step up in the past, you know, at Champions League level. I mean, like Barry Robson played at Champions League level for Celtic, so and and was was pretty good at it as well. You know, remember he scored against Barcelona um, in the in the three two game. So yeah, I mean, Greg Taylor. Has is more than proved as 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 point to anybody that was doubting them because I've lost count of the amount of Greg Taylor appreciation tweets that I've seen. You know, Celtic ended up doing one themselves, like from their actual official Twitter, because it was just you know you have just seen all these sort of generic Celtic accounts saying Greg Taylor appreciation tweet and it was getting loads of response, and then Celtic did one. So, um, so yeah. By the way, I need to remember and say this on Saturday night in King Tut's, a couple came in. I don't think I've told you this. A couple came in and I got a radio uh, message from security saying there's a couple downstairs that want to uh, say hello to you. And I was just like, is this a wind-up? And then I went down and then one of the security said, oh, they, they, they watch you on that Celtic podcast. And I was like, no way. And then there was a couple sitting in the middle of the bar and they were talking to each other. So I just walked over, sat down in front of them and went, all right, how's it going? And they were like, JP. And the guy's name is Willie McMurray from Paisley, and he was with his partner, Maureen. And uh, they are fans of the show. They they like vanilla ice cream and plain crisps, it uh, would appear. So um, it was really nice to meet them and have a bit of chat with them. And Willie told me a story about how he did that. You remember how they used to do the half-time? Uh, you had to run from the halfway line to take a shot into the goals. Well, he did it, and he'd said to the keeper, who was Scott Fox. Do you remember the goalkeeper, Scott yeah. Fox? Said to Scott Fox, "Going to let us score, big man." And and the guy, and Scott Fox had been, uh, "Yeah, I all right or whatever." So like he did the run, and he, I mean the guy is probably in his fifties or sixties when he did this, uh, and uh, <laughs> he got he got down and he hit the shot, and Fox stuck a leg out and saved his shot, and he's ab- he was absolutely raging that he was denied his opportunity to score at Celtic Park by by Scott Fox, and he was like, "I still hate that guy. I still hate that guy for that." And then he also told me that he was in a uh, box or something at one point and uh, they got to choose the man of the match. But they chose the man of the match before the game had happened based on who they wanted to meet and who they thought would be better crack. So they chose Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon had the worst game he'd ever had <laughs> or something, and then was announced as man of the match. And everyone's kind of like, what? Like, and, and they got to meet. Uh, Neil
4: Lennon, the um, hijinks that goes on in these executive no,
1: lounges no, by the way all. JP well, hopefully, hopefully uh, on Sunday there's, there's many many uh, options for a man in the match
4: I um, hope so yeah. and thanks for Willie McMurray because I've seen your name popping up from time to time we, we will be celebrating with vanilla ice cream and plain crisps if we wrap up the title <laughs> on Sunday thanks every, everyone for getting involved in the chat and thank you once again JP Mason for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind cheers
3: Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?